Thank you, worship team. Good morning and welcome to Maranatha. I just want to welcome each one of you, especially those who are here for the first time or those who are visiting. We just want to extend a very warm welcome to each one of you. I would like us to take a few moments just to extend a hand of worship to uh, you know, greet somebody, welcome them, and uh, just give them a smile. It's a beautiful weather today. Just. I also want to welcome those of you joining us online. Uh, I know the weather today is not very favorable for traveling, so I'm guessing a lot of more people are joining us online. So I just want to say welcome to all of you joining us online. I want, have a few announcements I want to go through real quick. Now, um, the men's ministry will be having... I don't know if that's going to go on the screen. We'll be having uh, a retreat this weekend starting Friday. And that's uh, Friday the 11th and Saturday the 12th. So for the men, I just want to encourage you, as many of you, to register. I'm told that we need to sign our names. If you are going to be there, sign your name at the back there as you leave the sanctuary is on your right side, so there's a desk there, so sign your name there, and also go online and sign up for that, because Arrowhead Bible Camp would like to know how many are coming, and they'll only know that by you and I going online and signing in, I mean signing up online. And then the other thing also, if you have preference for a roommate, uh, make sure you sign that up uh, or you let us know about that. It co the cost is $57, but I'm told that if you, for one reason or the other, that would be a hindrance, let us know. There's funds that can help anybody or all of us. So I'd like to see as many men as possible. If you have any questions, uh, see or uh, talk to Justin Peterson and uh, he'll be able to answer questions, so come and talk to any of the men group leaders, and they'll be able to help you with that. Our speaker this next Saturday, or during the retreat, uh, not, I mean this weekend, this coming weekend, will be David Cox, and he'll be speaking about uh, men of courage based on the life of King David. So I'm looking forward to an exciting time of fellowship, fun, and food. So you're all welcome, men. I encourage other men, invite other men, and uh, let's uh, make this a uh, great weekend as we glorify God. Uh, the other thing I would like to also announce is that um, on Friday, I think it's that's a Friday, May, no, March 27th at 5.30, we'll have, so save that date, that will be a movie night. And the movie is The Miracle Maker. So it will be, I'm guessing it will be here at the church or... Yeah, so save the date, March 27th at 
5.30. This past weekend, I, this uh, last Friday and last Saturday, there was the women um, retreat here at Maranatha, and I'm told around 57 or more than 57 women or ladies attended, so we're thankful for that, and let me just get everything right, yes. The 57 ladies attended over the weekend. Uh, the ice yesterday kept some ladies away, but it was a very powerful teaching about who we are in Christ, so we're thankful for that. So again, um, if you're visiting, I forgot to mention, we have these yellow sheets uh, in the pews in front of you. So uh, if you're visiting or if you've moved uh, or if you've changed your phone number, uh, pick up the yellow form and just fill in the necessary information. Or if not, you can pick up one from the welcome desk. And we have an offering basket at the back as you walk right there in the middle. Uh, we don't pass it anymore, so if the road leads you to... Uh, give your tithes and offerings, and even those who have filled this form, you can slip it into that uh, offering basket so that we can be praying for you. Maranatha, here at Maranatha, I forgot to even introduce myself. Um, my name is Otieno, I'm one of the elders, and um, my, I'm normally, my part of eldership is to also uh, missions, so I'm mostly uh, serving in the mission part of Maranatha. And we all know what has been happening around the world. We prayed last week, and I believe God is moving in the world situation, especially what's happening in Ukraine. And I was just reminded this week that we have missionaries that we partner with uh, from Maranatha here, the Bliss, and they serve in a neighboring country of, of uh, Bulgaria. So as we pray this morning, I would like us to focus on what's happening in this world, especially continue praying for the Ukrainian people, for believers who are there, that the Lord would give them strength. As we've been watching images on our screens, breaks our hearts to see people being displaced, people being killed because of a bully, because of greed, because of sin. Only Christ can bring peace into this world. So let's join together as we pray together this morning. Father in heaven, we are so thankful because we know that you are in control and Father that you are almighty and Father that you are powerful more than any human, more than any weapons. Father, we just want to pray this morning thanking you for this church. Thanking you, Lord, that we don't have to invite you this morning because we know that you are here already. You got here even before us this morning or every day, Father. Your presence dwells within us and in us. Father, I just want to thank you so much for the privilege of prayer that, Lord, we can talk to you as a father, as a friend, and that, Father, you listen to us. Lord, I just pray this morning also for people in Ukraine, especially for those people who know you and love you, for the church there, that, Father, you would continue surrounding them with your love reassuring them of your presence, that even though they go through the valley of the shadow of death, that you are there with them, and your rod and your staff will comfort them. That, Father, they can look up to you and know that deliverance comes only from you as they look up to the mountains 
where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heaven and the earth. Father, your word tells us to rest in you and to have no anxiety, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to present our requests to you. Father, we present this request for our brothers and sisters and for the people of Ukraine that, Lord, you would just provide them the comfort that they need that comes from you. Father, we pray for the Bliss family that are serving in Bulgaria, which is next borders Ukraine. Father, I pray that, Lord, today they would be comforted by your love, and Lord, as they also help out in whichever way you've brought their way, Father, I pray that you'd just give them courage, you'd give them strength, that, Lord, you would just help them as they share and they minister your word to probably refugees that are running away, that are fleeing Ukraine, that, Lord, you'd help them to be a source of comfort and to even share your word with these people. Lord, I pray for churches that are meeting all over the world today, that are preaching your word, that, Lord, your word would be preached, and that, Lord, many would be drawn closer to you. And even for us here, Father, I pray for Pastor Cody as he comes to share your word this morning, that, Lord, you would prepare us, open our hearts, and help us to listen and help us to see the glory and the beauty of Jesus Christ. Again, we thank you and praise you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Invite Pastor Cody to come and share the word with us. I know some of you have got your phone, but if you could grab a Bible... When I was preparing our series here in the book of Mark, looking at with Christ in the school of the discipleship, and I was kind of mapping out every week, kind of just following the next paragraph or the next selection, or sometimes, as you've seen, we've just maybe done one verse at a time, or like coming up, I think chapter 5, we're going to cover that whole chapter 5 in one Sunday. I was kind of mapping things out, and I remember getting to this part when I was mapping it out, looking at the end of chapter 1 and into chapter 2, I was like, man, we got kind of stacked up, a healing, a healing, a healing. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just kind of just talk about healing in general. And then when I was reading over these stories, I realized more and more, I was like, I'm going to slow down with each of these stories because each has a particular aspect of the Messiahship and a different aspect of discipleship in our lives. And when I was going through this one, in fact, two or three weeks ago when I was looking ahead, preparing ahead, I don't just wait till money go. What's next? I'm, I'm looking ahead, preparing ahead. I knew there was something special about this specific section here at the end of chapter one. And I remember just reading it over and just praying about it and just looking at just. And, and I was struck by this. The beauty of Jesus is everywhere. And my prayer is this morning as we look through this passage again it's just at first at, at the first onset we go oh, it's, it's another healing passage um, we, we've had a healing we're going to have another one coming up and, and more in the, in the book of Mark here but my prayer is that we would see the beauty of Jesus this morning the gospel message that we have contained in this divine book is powerful mighty and the beauty of Jesus in this story just it, it, it captured me in a unique way that 
at, at first reading again, I was like, okay, here's, here's another healing story. But then I, I slowed down and I was like, oh, this, this is something that has caught me in the beauty of Christ, but then also, I want to be more like Christ in my life. So I'm excited about this morning as we look at the Gospel. The Gospel is not powerless. And as we've been praying for 11 days now, Ukraine, what's going on there, I'm hearing stories from missionaries. The Gospel is being declared and lived out. And it's wonderful and beautiful. This, as we mentioned last week, is more powerful than any enemy on this earth. This is our hope. And this is the beauty of Christ. So I'm going to pray this morning for you as we look at this passage. I'm going to kind of quickly go through the passage. We're just going to work through that. Then I'm going to look more deeply into it, looking at just the way Christ worked through this and into application. And we see the beauty of this, the, the, the beauty of God and His gospel touching not just the physical realm. Because when we think of healing, we just think of the physical realm. So join me in a word of prayer as we pray again, just pausing, getting our hearts ready for this amazing passage we have before us. Lord, I thank you for your work that you did here on this earth when you took on flesh. And God, I, again, we, we pray for the people in Ukraine. It's Sunday morning for them, or for us here, but for Sunday, it's about five o'clock for them. It's supper time, and some of them are gathering together. I've heard that water and food is getting hard in some areas. I pray, Lord Jesus, you're a God of miracles. Do the miraculous in Ukraine. We pray for the churches that have had services and will have services tonight. We pray for the missionaries that they would be bold with the Gospel. In times of warfare, in times of turmoil in this earth, we look for modern ways to bring peace. We turn to warfare and weapons. Oh, but the weapons we have are mighty. To the pulling down of strongholds. So we pray in the name of Jesus that You would bring victory in Jesus' name. As we sing that first song, there's victory in Jesus. And Lord, I pray for this morning as we look at this passage. The Gospel is powerful. Forgive us for sometimes going, oh, it's another healing story. Oh, it's the Bible. It's the Gospel story. Awake us this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Alright, Mark chapter 1. We're going to begin with verse 40 here. Again, we've seen that Jesus has been doing some amazing things. Some healing. Exorcism. Mighty things have been happening. The power of the Gospel. He's been preaching. He's been teaching. He's been doing this. And Word is spreading. So much that He doesn't even get a chance to pause at times. People are knocking at the door. They're coming. People, you know, it's spreading. People are carrying people to him to be healed. Demons are being cast out. It's, it's just amazing. And he's taking time to get away and, and be quiet. But the word is spreading even to areas that people don't even go to often. Going to places where untouchables live. 
Places where you're so sick that you're kind of put into an area where no one else can be. And the Word has been getting out that there is a real healer here. And possibly the Messiah. And the people who are untouchable wonder, is this a true healer? Let's look at Mark chapter 1, verse 40. A man with leprosy came to Him. In this parallel passage again, in the Gospels we have the four Gospels, the three, the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We often look at those at many of these stories because they parallel these stories. Some of the stories in Luke that Mark covers, Luke will say more, or maybe Mark will say more, based upon their audience and what they're trying to convey in the story. In Luke it says he was covered with leprosy. Now when we hear leprosy, again, maybe you think of someone that's just covered with leprosy, skin falling off. The term leprosy here in the New Testament is a word at the time that was used for a variety of skin diseases. In fact, some of your Bibles even have a note at the bottom. This word covers a variety of skin diseases. It could even be acne. It could be you know, different types of skin diseases that come and go. Or it can be those that are very deadly. It's not like modern leprosy that we would, but a variety of scaly or decaying type of skin diseases. Or even rotting forms of disease. So leprosy was a general term used for people that had skin diseases. Today, there is leprosy that we have that's Hansen's disease that falls in this category that uses cell phone types of drugs to help them with this. But here in the Bible, leprosy at times can be a variety of skin diseases. But knowing the chapter in Luke that mentions, this is the leprosy that we would picture in our mind. Skin falling off. These were the untouchables of the day. And they were repulsive. In fact, when I went through this passage, I remembered the story or the movie of Ben-Hur. Anybody ever seen Ben-Hur before? Maybe some of you older people have seen Ben-Hur. It's a great movie. I encourage you to watch it. There's a, in fact, I think i got a picture here. There's, they had this leper camp where they hid in these caves. And a family member got leprosy and his mother and, and, and sister got leprosy and they, they hid because they, they had this skin disease and they wrapped themselves and covered themselves in cloths. And people did their best to avoid them because they were in isolation because of the containment, the disease would spread. But also in society, they were like, ugh, stay away from them. Also, as we will see later at the end of our message here, leprosy had a deeper meaning. It was symbolic to sin. We'll talk about that in a moment. So, Mark chapter 1, verse 40 here. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. If you are willing you can make me clean. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Now it's interesting to note in Leviticus chapter 13, verse, what do we got here? Verse 46, if a leper was to come out into the public to leave, to maybe get some food or to visit a family member, what they had to do is if they entered an area where there are people, they were supposed to say, unclean! Unclean, that was their announcement. So everyone knew someone's unclean walking into the area. They had announced their presence. 
by saying unclean, unclean. Notice the leper doesn't even do that. Here the leper kind of breaks what he's supposed to do. He wants to get desperately to the place where he can have healing. And Jesus could make him clean. I love this. If you're willing, you can make me clean. Here is a specific request for healing. Verse 41. Jesus was indignant. Or moved with pity, filled with compassion. In fact, some of your Bibles, if you see a little note there, it might even say here that was Jesus angry? Also this word can be moved with compassion. And I was working through this. Was He angry? There's a couple reasons He could be angry. Why are you coming to Me with this problem? You know, Jesus has been doing healing all this time. He's wondering, why, why are you coming to Me with this problem? Well, I wouldn't say He's angry because the same thing happens in chapter 3, verse 5. People come to Him. He's not angry. In fact, every time someone comes to Him, He's moved with compassion. The only time He's angry is with the opposition to what He's doing. Or maybe He's saying, oh great, you've come this close, you didn't follow the law, you didn't say unclean, unclean, now I'm unclean. Maybe He was angry about that. Or, maybe Jesus knew, because we'll see here in another coming up in chapter 2, He knows the thoughts of people's hearts and their intents. And He knows that He's not going to obey Him as we'll see later in the passage. Honestly, if the word is angry, we don't know why. And Mark doesn't explain why He was a little angry. And we don't know why. But I think a better translation of this word would be moved with pity he wasn't angry he was moved with pity filled with compassion and truly jesus was moved by this poor man's suffering compassion is more likely to the original sense for mark often shows that when he jesus meets people he's moved when their situation and he shows the emotions of jesus and how He's gracious to act in compassion. We see this in chapter 6, chapter 8, and chapter 9. Jesus is moved and has emotions when someone is suffering. And we see this in the other parallels of this story here. So verse 41, He reached out His hand and touched the man. So here's a bold, compassionate move on the part of Jesus. He reaches out and touches the man. Now, he is ceremonially unclean. He touched someone who's unclean. In the Old Testament, if you happen to touch someone who's unclean, then you yourself are unclean. So now in the ceremonial way, he's unclean. And now, he's been exposed to the disease. And we'll talk about this here later. So now, we look at this. He reached out his hand and touched the man. Look at the words of Christ. I am willing, He said, be clean. This shows the authority and power of Jesus to heal. He is more powerful than any disease. I am willing. And Jesus reaches out, touches, and says these powerful words. Look at verse 42. Immediately, Again, Mark is filled with this word. At once, immediately, 
And at times, Jesus does slow down. He's unhurried. But right away, this happens. Right away, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. I was looking, at, I was doing my best to look at every healing in the New Testament. Do you know that every healing except three, three happened within minutes, but every healing, the healing was right away. It wasn't, hey, here's the healing. I'm going to pray for you now for the next 30 days. Take this med, and then you'll slowly, or 30 days, you know, this will happen. Dip in the water, do this, take this mud, put it in your eyes for 30 days, maybe in half a year. Every time in the New Testament when healing happens, it happens immediately, except for three that happen within a few minutes. This healing, again, is another confirmation of his Messiahship. Truly, he is the Messiah. And the kingdom of God is here. And I love it, it says, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. I hope that we have in heaven some form of DVD. That dates me. Now it will be maybe a thumb drive or it will be in the cloud, literally in the cloud. No, never mind. So maybe when we get to heaven, we'll be able to see what happened. Jesus touches the man, be clean, and immediately, I mean, like, did the old skin fall off and the new skin was there? I can't wait to see that. Look at verse 43. Again, we're whipping through this because I want to look more at what Jesus did here and think through that in application. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you do not tell this to anyone. In other words, Jesus is saying, I don't want to draw this attention to me right now. This isn't my right time. And we're going to look in chapter 3, I believe it is, at this messianic secret more what's happening here. But he says this, don't do this. He doesn't want to draw attention to himself at this time. He doesn't want a crowd following him all the time because he's got things he needs to prepare for. And, listen to this, he doesn't want a crowd following him who truly don't have personal commitment. Because we're going to see this more and more. Jesus is about truly following him. Discipleship. We're going to see this in the book of Mark. Many say, oh, I'm going to follow you! But they really don't have the right heart of discipleship. There's no real commitment. And they maybe don't have a true understanding of who He is. Then Jesus says this, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them, to the people, and a testimony of who God is. Now in Leviticus chapter 13 and 14, Leviticus is probably the most popular book that you read on your own, it's filled with directions. If you're sick, this is what you need to do. And if you get healed, here's what you need to do. The law demanded if you were possibly cured from sickness, you had to go check with the priest. And they would go confirm like, yep, you no longer have this sickness. They would confirm and go through a process. And this process took eight days to confirm. In fact, I've got a picture here of kind of where the priest had in the temple, where the, the little red spot is the area where the lepers were. Here's the different courts. They had the court of Gentiles, the place where the ladies would be. And they had a certain area that the lepers and those who were sick would be confined in there just to confirm eight days in the temple. And this statement that Jesus makes speaks of two things. Number one, Jesus has respect for the law. Because we're going to find out here 
soon on the Sabbath and soon on other days, that it seems like Jesus doesn't like the law, doesn't like the Sabbath. No, no, he has respect for the law. And also, he wanted to show evidence that God is the one working here. Go, you are completely healed. But I want you to go for eight days and let the priests know what happened, and they will confirm that God is at work. Let's look at verse 45. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. Instead of going what he should have done, he instead goes telling people, look, I'm healed. It's me. In fact, it's interesting to note that this word here, when I was looking at it, I was translating it, this is the same word for preach in the New Testament. He began to preach the story of what Jesus did. Those who are healed by Jesus cannot help but preach the good news and let others know. You cannot remain silent when Jesus has changed your life. Right? As we're kind of quiet in here, right? It's true. When Jesus has truly changed your life, transformed your life, it's hard to be quiet about it. Look at the last part here. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter the t- a town openly but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to Him from everywhere. And it's interesting that major kind of developments of chapters 1-8 through in Mark here shows this increase of the popularity of Jesus and the people's amazement at what He's doing. And then, after chapter 8, comes opposition. That begins to grow. To avoid this excessive publicity, he no longer is able to go in the cities because they just surround him and crowd him. So now he needs time. Why? Because he needs time, again, as we saw two weeks ago, time with the Father. You need to spend time with the Father. Still, the greatness of Jesus cannot be hidden. Word is spreading. Awesome story. And again, when I was thinking through this, I'm just going to combine a bunch of these stories. You know, next we got this, this crippled person. Let's just put all the stories together and talk about healing. But then a few weeks ago, I, was, I realized, no, there's so much more here. I want to look deeper into what Jesus is doing here. And there's something special about this healing. Yes, every healing is special. And that's why I want to take time with each of these healings. But there are many things significant and unique about this story. So here's a few things I wrote down. Here we have a visible portrayal of God's complete and holistic healing work. Jesus just doesn't come and go, heal, heal, next, number 48, okay, number 48, you got this, be clean, you're healed. And I read through this story a few times, and I realized this this healing shows that Christ touches many dimensions that sometimes we don't want to think about or enter into in this story. It's more than just physical healing. Jesus is more powerful than disease. And His power, His authority, His healing work, His compassion moves beyond just the physical dimension. That's why I want you to see this morning. When we think of healing, don't just think of physical healing. When Jesus does this. He just doesn't do a quick healing like 
this, some of you get a surgery, and now the surgeries are so quick, it's outpatient. You get something, you get a new hip, and all right, get out of here. We got the next person to get in here. The beds are full. It's not just quick outpatient healing. Not only was there a physical suffering, but there was also a social dimension happening here that he was suffering. An emotional dimension that was happening here. And this public dimension. So what I've done is, and again, I'm not the best technique, technological person, so maybe, I don't know how it's going to show up on the screen here. So what I did is I went through this passage and color-coded each of these dimensions that Jesus comes and breaks through and touches. Again, we think of healing. Oh, Jesus healed the guy. Be clean. The skin fell off. He's a new man. Woo! You can go and hug everyone. But it's more than that. It's more than just the physical. He deals with the social aspect and the emotional aspect and the public aspect. So if you can see this screen here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk through each of these areas. And I think, yeah, I didn't highlight anything else. So hopefully we can just kind of see these areas as you look at the colors that I've thought through this. Does that make sense, what I've got here? So let's, so I wrote this down also. So maybe it's the next slide here. The power of leprosy contaminates many dimensions of a person's life. But the greater power of Jesus touches, cleans, and restores these broken areas. Again, it's not just healing physically, but He restores the emotional aspect. He restores this social barrier that's been there. And this public aspect. Jesus is about healing completely. Not just physically. So if you could maybe go back to that slide of the color codes as I walk through this here. Healing in the physical dimension. That's the yellow part. Leprosy. Jesus shows the power of healing. Again, this is immediately, again, like I said, I can't wait to put the DVD in. Or it will be in the cloud or whatever it is. We can see the skin, the dead rotting skin falling off. It's immediately. That which is hard to heal is not hard at all for Jesus. In our sinful and broken world, Jesus came to make right that which is broken. Again, a few weeks ago we talked about why is there sin? Why, I mean, why is there suffering and sickness and disease? Well, because of sin and that which is broken, Jesus is about to make that which is broken right again. Begging Him on His knees. Physically, He just doesn't go, Jesus, heal me. He gets physically on His knees and begs Him. Showing this man's heart. Make me clean. He needed truly to be healed. Now some sicknesses you have that are internal. No one knows you have it. This leprosy, I mean you've got skin falling off. You've got to wrap things around. It's just This guy is really externally, he needs a cleansing. More than just a bath. Physical aspect. Jesus touches the man. Let me pause and talk a little bit about this. He touches this man. He didn't have to touch him. He didn't. In fact, in Matthew, two times, someone's far away and Jesus heals them, not even in their presence. Jesus heals someone who's not even there. So He can do that. Jesus knew that there was a man coming full of lepers. Even though He didn't say unclean, unclean. And he could have went, 
all right, you're healed. I don't know how, that's how I would have done it. Stay away from me. I don't want lepers around me. This is, oh, this is going to be awkward. But Jesus touches the man, showing his compassion. Jesus would not, was not repulsed by the man. He touches the untouchable. Not many of us would do that. In fact, we get so caught up in just, you know, like, oh, there's sickness. There's, you know, I got to stay away from stuff. Even myself, when I was trained as a medic, even today, I still have gloves on me in case I get to a scene. I put the gloves on to make sure I don't get any blood on me or anything like that. But Jesus is not afraid to touch the untouchable. Not from afar. He literally enters in with this man and touches him. We see the beauty of the incarnation of God's love and compassion. And I'll deal with this aspect a few more times in the book of Mark because Jesus touches people unlike what many would do. Physical aspect. Be clean. Jesus speaks and the healing happens. Physically, He is now clean. It falls off. I'm not sure all that happens here, but God does heal. And we see in Scripture, He heals in a variety of ways. Be clean. So healing physically happens at that moment. And in Scripture, there's a variety of ways that healing happens. Jesus recognizes that at times we may need those who are sick may need a physician. He says that in Matthew chapter 9, verse 12. So it's not like Jesus saying, don't go to the doctor, don't go to a physician. At times, you may need a physician. God does heal physically. Or even in the Good Samaritan, I love Luke chapter 10, verse 34. The Good Samaritan, one of the reasons he's good is he uses first aid on the guy. He brings oil Wraps bandages, so using first aid is fine. There's a variety of ways that Jesus heals and talks about healing. And we'll cover some of those as we go through the book of Mark. Physical dimension, the leprosy left him. Jesus gives life to the body. Alright, the healings of Jesus were never just for the physical benefit of the person. Remember that. When divine healing happens, it's not just for the physical benefit only. It's for other reasons too. Healing in the social dimension. That's the green part here. Leprosy. Isolation. Being put away from society as that picture you saw from Ben-Hur. Put in a cave. Certain areas you had to just be Isolated, excluded, not just isolated, but excluded from society. Socially, you were not just physically unclean, you were just the lowest of the low. Leper, oh, you're a leper. Oh, get away. Socially, you were like a dead man. Josephus, one of the historian writers of the time, said those who were lepers were like the dead people. They were like a walking corpse. No one liked them. Again, if you got it, as it says in Leviticus, you would be banished from your town, banished from your people, so you are this lowest of the lowest of society. Begged him on his knees. We have rotting flesh at the feet of Jesus, right? 
But socially, he just doesn't go, unclean, unclean, heal me. He gets on his knees. A beggar. Have you ever met a beggar before? Now, our modern day beggars usually have a sign. Homeless, needs some money for food. Or once in a while you see someone with a gas can, needs some gas. Or maybe you go to larger cities. We don't really have that here in Rice Lake or Barron County. But once in a while we see people begging. But have you ever seen someone on their knees begging? Healing in the social dimension. He touches the man. Jesus does not treat him as an outcast. I'm completely clean. In fact, I'm the Son of God. And you are full of disease, rotting flesh, which is a symbol of sin. No way are you getting close to me. Jesus touches the man. He doesn't treat them as an outcast, this man. The onlookers must have been in shock. Here's Jesus, the possible Messiah. Look at all, they're thinking through this. Look at all, and now an unclean person comes. This is sinful, gross, disgusting. They're in shock. Now Jesus is unclean. Great, now he's like one of them. And now he might even have the disease. I'm not going to have him serve me food. Socially, there's a major dimension causing problems here when Jesus touches. But Jesus Himself gives value and dignity to this man as He touches and breaks through that social barrier. I love that. Dignity and value. He does that with every type of person that this world tries to determine as untouchable. Jesus gives dignity to them. Amen? Very important. Dignity is needed even today. I remember back when I was in college and in graduate school, my friend Scott and I started this ministry we called Mercy Touch because Jesus touched us with mercy. We want to touch others with mercy. So Friday nights, Saturday nights, and Sunday nights, we would do our best to get down to Chicago, the northern part of Chicago, and there's an area where there's a lot of homeless people. And we started caring for the homeless. And soon the school found out we were doing this, and they said, take one of our vans. Because you've got a lot of people, a lot of students, yeah, yeah, just go, here, take our vans, use our vans. So we started taking tons of people down there, and we started caring for the homeless. Because in that area, the homeless were kind of like, uh, don't touch them. To break through that social barrier, one of the most powerful things we did is we would often get socks. Homeless don't have a home, but guess what they live in? Their shoes. That's what they walk in all the time. In fact, you go to Chicago, I can pick out homeless just not by looking at what they're carrying, by their shoes, because they walk in them all. That's what they live in. And I remembered one time, at the time I was a medic, and someone said, yeah, I got some sores on my feet. I remember peeling off the sock and half the flesh came off. Then I realized, we need to care for where they live in their shoes. So we started bringing socks. And I tell you, that brought dignity and value to the homeless that we, these young whippersnappers, would sit on the ground with them, peel off their shoes, and the smell and the sight and the flesh that sometimes would come with that and put on fresh socks. To literally touch them and help them 
broke that social dimension down so quickly. The social outcasts, we cared for them. Another area in green here is be clean. Once now they were once they were unclean, now he says, be clean. I love he uses the word clean. He doesn't go, you know, be healed, be transformed, because he's a leper, he's unclean. He says, be clean. So he's declaring to everyone, guess what? Not only is he clean physically, but he is clean socially. And you can be near this guy. Jesus breaks through that social dimension. Now the blue area here. The emotional dimension. Again, when we think of healing and Jesus healing, it's not just the physical area. He touches the person in all areas that need healing, that are broken. The emotional dimension. Begged Him on His knees. Here is the humiliation to literally get on your knees and beg someone. None of us today have to do that, I don't think. We don't live in an area that's struggling. But there are probably people in Ukraine right now begging for food. Begging for shelter. He does this in the emotional humiliation to get on your knees and say, I am sorry. I need help. Please help me. There's this emotional aspect of humiliation. But look at the emotional aspect of Christ. Moved with compassion here. Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, is the display of God's compassion to humanity physically and emotionally. I remember when I was in grad school, my sister, my future sister-in-law said, you need to watch this movie called Molokai. Molokai, what's that? The story of Father Damien. Anybody hear of this guy? It's a true story of a man. In fact, I used to own it, but I just looked through my movie collection. I don't own it anymore. I must have gave it to someone to check it out. It's a story of this time period in the early 19th century where leprosy got to the Hawaiian Islands. The leprosy we think of. So what they did determine is, Let's have one of the small islands be an island of isolation where they would have a small colony in the Hawaiian Islands for the care of lepers. So the island was the place where the ship would move up, drop off the people, food, and get out of there right away. And Father Damien, full of health and full of the compassion of God, lived with the people to remind them, God has not left you. God is with you and He cares for you. Here's a picture of Father Damien before he died because he got leprosy and died of leprosy. Jesus has compassion. Just doesn't want to touch people physically just to heal them. Oh, you're number 47, 48, 40. He also wants to heal emotionally. Go back to the slide with the color coded there. I am willing. Jesus, the High King of all, is ready and willing to do this type of healing. 
not just physically, not just break through the social dimension, but also the emotional aspect. Now we'll go to the purple part. For a while there, I was kind of looking at the purple and the the, the yellow. They're kind of the same, but there's something unique about this public aspect. The man begged him on his knees. The public knew of this man's condition right away by looking at him. He didn't have to say unclean, unclean. He was, as Luke said, full of leprosy. So publicly, there's humiliation happening here. The emotion has, there's, there people are repulsed, like you're breaking the social norms. There's that social dimension that's happening there. So publicly, he's breaking some, prob, some, some of the barriers already by just coming right to Jesus. Everyone stepped away like, oh, this is not good. Imagine every time you enter the grocery store, unclean, unclean. Publicly, that's what he had to do, so he doesn't even do that. And, but everyone knows we got a leper here. And he gets down and publicly, on his knees, also we have in purple, his hand and touched the man. Again, the shock of Jesus touching. Publicly, he lets everyone know, look, I am literally doing this. I'm going to touch And then also, what Jesus says there, the ritual cleansing. I don't know if I have that in purple here, but publicly, okay, you need to do this. He lets everyone know, guess what? Now you need to go to the temple. Let the priest know. Let them know. And bring a sacrifice. You need to get this done. And then began freely talking, spreading the news, going out preaching, letting people know of this great Thing that just happened the public dimension you know we as a church a little side note here we as a church have this prayer and praises and every sunday what we're going to do as we otno said we got the bliss family on here we've been praying for the women's retreat women's conference we had and now the men's retreat i would encourage all of you i would love it that this thing gets filled up on both sides with prayer requests, and praises. So I would encourage all of you, on your way out, in fact, we have some of them in the pew in front of you, a yellow sheet, fill out some praises. Let's publicly proclaim every Sunday, this is what God is doing. God, we ask you to intervene in this area. We believe you can heal. I encourage you publicly, let's do that more and more. The different dimensions within this healing story show the level of His greatness, His power, His authority, and compassion. What a powerful story. Let me end with a few questions for you today. As we look at this story, as we see Jesus isn't just about going, you're healed, you're you know, whatever, next, next. He wants to heal completely. So I want to ask some questions. Some will be more inward as you think through these and some outward. As we have noted before, leprosy has a deeper meaning. It's a symbol of sin. A leper is like a, a life parable of people with sin. If you get involved in sin, it will rot away your soul and destroy you. It will take away your life. 
So here it is. Guess what? We are all spiritual lepers, right? Before Christ, we are, before we met Christ, before He came around, we were all spiritual lepers. We should be walking around going unclean, unclean before we met Christ. And it is the disease that we cannot cure on our own. Sin is deadly. And the power of sin contaminates many dimensions of a person's life. Physical, emotional, social, every aspect, sin destroys and erodes away, just like leprosy. But there is a greater power who touches and cleans every dimension that sin has broken. So here's question number one. Have you turned to Jesus for the healing of our death-ridden, filled soul? Have you turned to Jesus? Just like this leper, he just gets right to him and gets on his knees. I need you. Have you turned to Jesus? I would encourage each of you, go to Jesus just as the leper. Have confidence in Him. You can heal me. You can clean me. Jesus can do that. Amen? Truly can. You don't have to live in your hopeless, sinful condition. Come to Christ. Number two, do you come to Jesus first when you have a need? Something happens, the first thing we do is we grab our wallets. Here's the credit card. Car broke down. I can cover it. Oh, I got insurance. I can do it. Oh, someone's sick. Well, let's just check it out. Check your temperature right away. Let's go to the doctor. Let's get it. Those are all great things to do, but they shouldn't be the first thing we do. The first thing we should do is go to Jesus. Showing your dependence on Him first. God's power today can directly pour into our lives, divinely bring intervention when we need it. Turn to God first. He longs for us to not just have physical healing, but social, emotional wholeness in our lives. Come to Jesus first. Inward questions. Now the outward questions. Who are the untouchables of our society? The social outcasts. It's a tough one. We live pretty comfortably in Barron County. We live, we got made pretty well. In fact, if bad things, bad things are happening in the world, but if things really happened to America, we wouldn't feel it for a couple weeks, except for the gas prices, which continue to rise and stuff like that. We have a lot of water. If you don't, just go melt a bunch of snow, right? We got it pretty well here. But who are the social outcasts of today? Think about it. Let me give you two that are in Barron County. Number one, homeless. We don't really have many homeless people, but we do have the Benjamin Shelter, Salvation Army, the care for the homeless. We have homeless. In fact, every time I deal with a homeless person in Barron County, I just go, dude, Go to Florida. What are you thinking being here? Seriously, I'll give you, we'll find money to get a bus and just get to Florida, man. Why would you want to be homeless? But it's, listen, it's real. Just this week, our church is trying to help someone 
who's homeless. Outside, in a vehicle, homeless. How many of you would like to sit outside for four hours in this? Aaron Brown will never raise his hand in this kind of weather. No. Some of you, oh, I can bulk up with clothing. We have homeless here. Second area that I thought about, socially outcast. Here it is. The Somali population. Totally different from the way we live, look, smell, eat, talk. Very different. So we kind of, the only time we maybe see them, if you live in Rice Lake, is maybe at Walmart or Aldi's. That's about it. If you live in Barron, Barron, the city of Barron, you see them more often. But they're the ones that we don't do much with because they're so different than us. Or I'll even say this one. Those who have a very, very different political position than you do. Because I've seen in the last two years those with one view on this side treat the others as though they're completely rejected. And those on this side, yeah, oh, they're totally social outcasts. Second question in this area. What is the attitude towards the people? What attitude towards the people different than you? you know, what is your attitude that you have towards the people different than you? If today we have a homeless person sitting right next to you, and you could tell by the smell, by the look, what would your attitude be? Would you slide over just a little bit? Like, ooh? Or if I called you up and said, listen, we're dealing with someone in Rice Lake um, or in the county, we need some help, would you be the first one? Yeah, they can sit in the back of my car. They can sit in my car. We'll take them to get some food. What's your attitude towards people different? Or in the Somali population, let's say something really bad happens and they need help. Would you be the first to go to their home and say, we will help you, I will touch you, I will help you, I will work with you? Or someone with a different political position. Ooh, your attitude's already like, what are you, well, they're bad. Man, what is your attitude towards someone different than you? Listen to this. Self-righteousness can erode our compassion. Pray for a compassionate heart. This I'm better than you attitude just so wrong. And lastly, Jesus is the model for church ministry, right? Yeah? Do you follow the practice of Jesus? You might, have, you might be great in doctrine. You might have all the, the, the Christian doctrine settled and you got that great, you, and your theory of Christianity is just, you got that down, you got so many Bible verses memorized. But how are you in the practice of those things? Our compassionate Lord wants to continue stretching out His healing hand, touching the socially outcast, caring for those. Would you be willing to touch those people? Let's say we had a great population of homeless here. Would you be willing to peel off the sock of someone and a lot of their flesh comes with it showing the compassion of Jesus? Would you be the hands to touch and bless the sick and the broken in this world? We get to be a part of Christ's mission in this town, in this county, in this state, and in the world. And we'll talk more about that next Sunday as we look at the next healing passage. He is the good doctor, and we 
are, as 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, we are God's co-workers to go proclaim the beauty of the Gospel of Jesus. Alright, the worship team's going to come up. And I want to end with this. Do you need prayer today? Again, I said as we go through these healing passages every Sunday, I want to open up prayer. So Otieno, I thought I saw Joel somewhere. There you are. These are two of our elders. It says in Scripture, if you're sick, call upon the elders. They'll pray for you. I've got some oil here. We'll anoint you with oil. Oil doesn't do anything fancy or anything like that. It's just the showing the beauty of the Holy Spirit's here doing His work. So as we have these songs, I encourage you. Otieno, if you don't mind coming up here, Joel, do you mind coming up here? I'll sit over here. If you need prayer, we would love to pray for you. But not just physical. Maybe you just need some emotional healing. Maybe just socially you've just been the outcast and you need God to bring healing to break through that dimension. We want to pray for you. So stand up. Join us in song and in prayer. And I encourage you, if you want prayer, please come up. We would love to pray for you.
Where there is fear, you brought courage. When I was afraid, you were with me. And you lifted me up. You lifted me up. When there was death, you brought life. Stronger, God, you are higher than any other. 
you this week, be available to be the one that's willing to touch, to pray, to share Bible verses with someone who desperately needs it. This, these past two weeks I've been in situations I never thought I'd be in. I've been called upon to do something. I'm like, okay, this is unique. But right away I'm going, I'm Christ ambassador right now. And I'm there to show the compassion and love of Christ. Use me in any way, Lord. This is unique. I don't know what's going to happen, but use me to touch people with your love, compassion, and greatness. Again, if you need prayer, I encourage you to come up and pray. If you guys can stay here for just a little bit, we'd love to pray for you because God's love breaks the barriers, not just physically, but emotionally, socially, and these barriers that we have up to touch us and heal us wholly. Thanks for being with us. God bless you. Have an awesome week.